Hello and welcome to an episode of the Success Grid Podcast with your host Hussein Talib. This is episode number 54 with Miley Eski, How to Transform into Servant Leadership. This is an amazing episode with Miley. We're talking about how to improve your leadership and also it's very important to employees. Hope you enjoy this one. Also, don't forget to go to successsegrid.net forward slash podcast to leave me your voice messages. I'm looking forward to that. Welcome to Success Grid, the place for sharing entrepreneurial stories, knowledge, and wisdom to educate and inspire you to always strive to raise your standards in your business and your life. With your host, Hussein Talib. Hello and welcome to a new episode with the Success Grid podcast here with me, Hussein Talib. Today I have a special guest, Miley Eski. Equip leaders to leave the expert role to become genius leaders through her group coaching program called Equip and Engage. Her extensive corporate and small business experience offers countless stories and illustrations to help others become the leader their teams deserve to have. Miley, welcome to the Success Great Podcast. How are you? Good. Thank you so much, Hussein. Awesome, awesome, awesome to have you here. So let me ask you first. Uh, The definition of leadership, what is leadership in general? Is it like to have uh, uh, someone calls the shots uh, that we should obey and that's it? Really, to me, leadership is getting the work done through other people hmm. and drink, bringing out their strengths and offering them the training they need to do the job that we expect them to do, but to offer the training before they need it instead of waiting until they're struggling and then trying to impart that training. So do, do, do leaders in companies, do they know everything or they should be like learning new things or do they already know everything? To me, they need to be asking more questions and people mm. need to ask questions of them. Mm. So in the workplace, if everybody's okay for questions, It really, those questions guide us more than our answers because then we know what people don't know. So if everybody's encouraged, ask the questions that you have, then we can help each other. And those questions a lot of times are really casual and sometimes said in the heat of the moment, instead of the answer, the question gives you more information and you know what to do. Yeah, so so what, what type of questions should be asked? around this subject the, well really the questions need to be about the work and not the people because if mm. we ask questions of the people we're really looking for blame and we don't want to do that mm. we want to know how the leader can help how can the leader move obstacles how can the leader solve what the team can't solve i want my team solving whatever they can solve on their own but there's associations i have outside of the team because of where i am in the organization that I can then leverage and help them. So I stay back and I give them the opportunity to make a mistake, to falter, to ask a question, give them enough space to actually show you what their questions are. You're speaking of mistakes. I have noticed a lot of, let's say, managers and the executive, they do meetings, for example, when certain employee makes the mistake. <laughs> Right. This is what happens. This is actually what happens. They exactly don't do. Yeah, they don't do meetings to, for example, tell the employees this. 
this week we're going to do so and so or they encourage the employees or to thank the employees they do the meetings only when there is something wrong right exactly and people know that people that creates fear to me that creates fear in the system and people don't do as well when they're afraid of that meeting happening especially mm -hmm. if the result of that meeting is someone loses a job so you're right we need to have more encouraging meetings and planning meetings to stay out of the problems and let them lead the meetings because they have more information than we do as leaders. What are the key skills for the leader? They should be charismatic. They should be engaging. What type of key, key skills for the, the leader to be in a corporation or a business? The leader should have some sort of an idea of how to pr improve tomorrow. If you can see a better reality, then you're starting to think like a leader. If you're thinking only of today, stay in the details and do that job. But if you're starting to think about systems and you're starting to think about how can we make this better for ourselves, for the customers, for everybody, and you start to see solutions everywhere you look, then you're starting to become a leader. And you don't have to have a title to be a leader. You mm. just need to think differently so that you're not waiting for somebody to come and give you permission. We used to say, ask for forgiveness, not permission. Mm. Take action and make something happen. And then they start to see that you're a leader from where you are. Yeah. And let's stop promoting the people that have the best statistics and do the most work. Those are not necessarily your most promotable people. Yeah. So you mentioned like leaders, uh, their job is to do problem solving. Uh, this is what they should do, for example. Oh, I always liked them to bring me the problem and the solution at the same time. So mm. if you have the problem and you can see it and you get two or three solutions that are great ideas, bring it all and let's talk about it. Mm. But I don't want them to come to me with the problem and stop right there because then the problem stays in my office. I don't want the problem. I want to help you impart the solution. Yeah. And yeah. if you bring them both, because a lot of times they know what the solution is. We just have to figure that out together, what's possible, not just monetarily. Do we have the resources? Do we have the time? Can we implement what you're thinking of? Yeah, exactly. But but uh, this is the, the, the problem I see with, for example, problem solving and solutions. Like, for example, always the leader or the manager in the higher positions, always like, uh, this is what you should be doing, one, two, three, four, and that's it. There is right. no like discussion around the subject or taking opinions from other employees, whether they are old employees or new employees or right. whatever the case may be. So, so they think that they are always right. So, are they always right, or there there is some could be uh, some misleading decisions or wrong decisions that they think they, they are right, but they are actually not right. I think that they're right for what they know, but there's too many things they don't know that happens every single day while they're off in meetings and they're off over here and they're off over there. And if we will engage the team, the team knows more of the details and the limitations. Mm. If we'll just ask them. Mm, yeah, exactly. Because I see, for example, even if the, the leader that in certain position now, maybe work in the same position that, like 10, five years ago, he might say, I, I don't want to say forget maybe the certain things 
or certain aspects of the business, right? So the, the employees who are working now, especially with sometimes there is updates to systems, there is update to policies. So it's a very good idea to engage the employees in it and not make a, a dictatorship, I guess, out of right, it. Right. Because I think sometimes we, you know, we use the analogy of a ship and you never come down off of that, that command bridge. You have no idea what's going on in the engine room and you mm. need to find out what's going on in all of those places. Yeah, exactly. like just attend their meetings and be quiet and listen. So you've got to learn to listen as leaders and stop yeah, exactly. doing so much commanding. Yeah. The, the, the problem with today's world is it's so annoying. So, 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 so much noise that mm -hmm. nobody listens. Everybody wants just to talk. Yes. Right? <laughs> Do you think yeah. that's true? Yeah, and it, because we believe it saves time. Ah, uh, yeah. It does not save time to be the person who's always talking, because you're you can always go in the wrong direction if we're not asking anybody else what they're seeing, because mm. everybody has a different perspective, and I think they're all valuable. So, how can asking questions and engaging employees affect and improve relationships between the? The company and the employees and the employees and the manager or the whatever it is ceo whoever it is in charge right. well to me the, the questions will tell me where my training is lacking the questions will tell me if my vision is incomplete because mm -hmm. that vision should be answering their questions not presenting mm -hmm. more questions it should also tell me if they have ideas for improvement if they're mm -hmm. asking questions maybe their improvement is themselves Maybe they really want to do something better and they ask a question you're like, you know, I can help you with that. And it also keeps us communicating instead of shutting one side down. If I'm always got the answers and I'm always talking to you and I'm always telling you what to do, after a while, you won't say anything. So sometimes like in the old school days, for example, in school, if the students is a lot insisting and wants to ask a lot of questions, sometimes you get uh tell told by the teacher to sit down and stop asking questions exactly, exactly. yeah so so does it sometimes go wrong asking more questions it does it does and sometimes it does because people's feelings get hurt so you have to be careful with you know how pointed the question is and is the is the question pointed at the person or is the question pointed at the work and as long as i'm asking about the work a mistake that was made or what a customer responded with or how something got broken or would we lose or that's the work instead of saying what did you do because as soon as you do that you can just forget getting an answer mm. because people know you're looking at them now the truth will come out later mm. if i continue to focus on let's get the solution to this and move forward everybody will jump in and start to offer solutions to the whatever happened. And then we all move forward. But as soon as you say, what did you do? Everybody goes quiet. And that's what, not what we want. A lot, maybe a lot of companies or corporation have, let's say more than one leader, perhaps like mm -hmm. someone operating multiple things in, in the team. So how do these kind of things uh, go together in balance? Well, I know that in the corporations I've been in, the overarching vision of where we're going gets lost in middle management. And that's where you start to get down into the first and second line. And they're right up against those team leaders and the people doing the work. 
And there's all these disconnects across the organization. So middle management is critical to making sure that people are headed in the same direction. Maybe the method is a little different, but we can't be so disconnected because somebody's afraid of stepping on somebody's toes. Well, they should be able to do it their way. Not if they're not headed to the vision, they, they're not. Because then everybody's out of sync and you have people saying, but that team over there is functioning better than ours is. Why? And usually it's the leader's fault. And that's not a popular opinion. So from your experience, uh, Miley, uh, what are the best lessons that you have learned from leaders you worked with? And what are the, let's say, bad lessons you got engaged with? Probably the most important lesson I ever learned was cut out the meetings. Because people have meeting after meeting after meeting all day long. And the people doing the work cannot figure out why. And we've become almost afraid of making our own decisions. We don't have that responsible delineation between this is what I can make the decision myself and this I might have to involve somebody else. There is no myself anymore. We have meetings constantly. And when we all went remote, it was very obvious that people had no idea what to do unless they were in a meeting. And it tells you, you don't know how to do your job if you're filling your schedule with, with meetings. So if you eliminated all of your meetings today, what would you do all day long? And it reveals we have a real problem. Mm -hmm. So that's become cultural. The other thing I've noticed is when you come into a new organization and you are the leader, if you don't do any observing and you don't do any asking and you make a huge decision, I watched this happen. and the entire team just said, you're out of your mind. And that leader never got it back. She made an absolute demand that the system could physically not do. It was being rewritten to address the problems. And when she, when she made this announcement in front of the entire team, she'd lost the entire respect of the team and she never got it back. We've got to learn to listen and ask questions when we're the new kid on the block. Yeah, I actually saw that a lot. For example, if when like even on the small things, like if you're working on a certain system, and there is the people who actually work on the system and the people who let's say develop the system. Right. So the people who develop the system maybe come listen to the people who are working on it, but at the end of the day, when they develop the system, or they were thinking in their head that it's going to improve the system. It's actually not really going to make that much of a difference to the people who are actually working on it. The uh, things that they got from their people who are working on it did not take it into consideration at all. They just throw it out. Right. So, yeah, this is a problem I see a lot in corporations. Right. Yeah. yeah. And especially the ownership thing when you're talking about systems. I wrote this. <laughs> okay, big deal. It doesn't work. We're going to fix it. And there, oh man, you can start a war. <laughs> you can literally start a war with the guy who, you know, honestly, they act as though they birthed the thing instead of just wrote it. Well, what if the regulation negates what you're doing? We have new regulations. We have new laws. We have new tax implications. We have, you know, all of that stuff changes mm -hmm. in those systems. If they don't evolve, you got to do away with them and start over. And people really become so, I don't know what it is, obsessive 
about what that system used to do. Well, even a year ago, stuff doesn't run the same now as it did then. And you're talking 10, 15. We have systems that are still running COBOL and, and ALC that were written in the 60s and 70s, and they're still running. Mm. And so you can't be real attached to what you recreate. It won't work. Mm. So you mentioned like nowadays, especially with COVID this, uh, from last year, a lot of people are working in a remote environment, right? Yes. So how can leaders release more control and give, let's say, encouragement to the employees who are working uh, and stay informed in the in, in this environment? Well, for me, the one thing that I noticed was we've got to get off of this lagging indicator thing. So we, you know, we look at Monday morning and we run last week's whatever, you know, the reports and the statistics. And then we go back and we say, on Tuesday of last week, you said this on the phone. You're kind of like, <laughs> I what? You know, I don't even remember Tuesday of last week. So <laughs> as leaders, we need to become more about the leading indicators, not the lagging indicators. Get in there and see if you can see what's happening and get engaged with your team not just with the customers, but with their systems and their schedules. And some people honestly do not have the skills to be home right now. Uh, and if that's true, okay. as a leader, my job is to get them trained. So you mean like some people don't know how to work from home in a remote environment. Right. So they should be in the, in the physical workplace. Either that or we've got to get them trained. And the concern that I have is that as we look at the remote world right now, when we sent people home, they were very experienced and they got more work done and they were still in touch with the team. When you look at sending an entire team remote, including the leaders, how long is that going to last if we don't change what we're doing? Because you cannot bank on all of these people are still going to be in their chairs in two years and we're not going to add new people. So we have to change how well we train people and how we monitor the work. And do we care what they do in between? If you go start a load of laundry, who cares? You know, if you go change the sprinkler, who cares? Is the work being done and how do we know? And it's not next Monday. I need to know now how my team is. And I can't be sitting in, in remote meetings where I'm completely invisible when the team is saying we need some help. So all of those chat tools and all of that stuff, I can literally be invisible at home. Well, I couldn't in the office, but I can be at home. So that really brings forth the importance of don't have so many meetings because they don't know where you are. They can't see you. They can't ask you a question. They can't hand you a note. They can't do anything if you turn all those systems off and say, well, we're, we're in a meeting. Why are you in meetings? And I don't think we ask that question enough. Yeah. So uh, is it important to keep whether our employees in offices or are they remote? Is it important to keep pushing them and encouraging them to do the work on time and keep it uh, on a timestamp exactly? I think it's more important to reward them for getting the results. Mm. What's the outcome? How do I want this to look? I don't care how you get there. Mm -hmm. I just want you to know that the customers need to be happy. You guys need to be sane. You better be turning it off in the evening. I don't want you working all the time. I don't want a bunch of tired, exhausted, burned out people trying to come back in tomorrow morning. I don't want you working across the weekends if it's not your schedule. So there's certain things that we need to reward to get the best result. 
And we can't do that if we're worrying about last week's stats. So is it true, like I heard like Microsoft at a certain time actually employed lazy people? <laughs> I think we all do. In all honesty, I mean, we really... <laughs> because they, know, they will find things to do things quickly and accomplish things. Yeah. And is it all time-based or is it results-based? Yeah. I, I like the result-based because sometimes a lot of things that I do in work, I do it, let's say, my way, a way that feels good to me and easy. So I you finish the job quickly and you go to the next task to do your next thing. So sometimes you find the 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 people who are above you eh, no we don't uh, do that we do it this way not this way so right, right exactly and, and that's the thing that if if you're doing that why are you a leader and why do you have a team of people who are smart who are motivated who care about what's going on if you're going to squash them i want i want my teams to do things that they don't think they can do I want them to scare us. I want them to to take us places we've never been before because they're being creative. Mm. And all of the stuff that we talk about, you know, the cell phones and all the computers and the places we've come to weren't invented because people were safe and careful. They got out there and they blew some things up. I mean, they burned some buildings down with those batteries. And that's how you ended up with where we are. And there's danger in that. And it, some of it's physical danger and some of it's just egos. Set the egos aside and let's see what people do. So maybe you mentioned in your talk the, what you call the servant leader or leadership. Mm -hmm. So so the job of the leader is to be a servant of others, to provide them with the tools, for example, to make the job right. easier and get, the, and get, get, th get things done, right? Right. And I think some of that, is availability. Am I asking good questions? Am I sitting in those chat tools and answering questions for the team and they can see me in those and they get a different answer from me because they get more pieces based on my experience and where I am in the organization. Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, that's really helpful. Now I learn from that. I'm going to save that comment so I could come back to it. And they don't see me as out there somewhere. They see me as part of the team and, you know, Miley helps me through things. She helps me with difficult customers. She answers my technical questions. She's there and she's not always in meetings, but she's available if I want to talk. So a servant leader is listening and asking questions, not constantly imparting the next directive. So you were talking about, uh, we were talking about a little bit of uh, performance in general for employees, right? So how is it a difficult thing to keep track of the performance, whether the leaders themselves or the employees in a corporation? We always handed out what we called like the, the review. And basically that's what you're going to be reviewed on six months from now. Mm. So they knew exactly what they needed to do with respect to training other people, being a mentor, documenting the system, you know, their statistics, which was a much smaller portion than a lot of people thought it was. And there weren't any surprises in the reviews. They knew what they needed to do. And they knew that based on your job code, you might have two or three more, more responsibility than the people who were new, mm. but they knew what they were. And I knew what mine were. 
as, as a, as a manager or as an operations manager, I knew what was expected of me. I usually sat down and wrote what I was going to be reviewed on six months from now and gave it to my manager because then I didn't have to wonder. And I think performance management is not in retrospect. And that's one of the things that I was so grateful for my first company because I looked at it and I thought, okay, that's cute. You know, of course I was 22 years old. And then by the time I got to my next two or three positions inside the same corporation, then I understood what was going on because my duties were changing, but I was being told ahead of time. So again, as leaders, let's get off of the looking backwards and start to train and go forward. That's the important thing. Exactly. Going forward is the important thing and achieving the goals that are set right. Right. Mm, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what, what would you say one takeaway from our talk here in this episode? I'd say definitely let's look at people as equals for one thing. Nobody's above anybody else. I don't care if you're on an org chart or not. You're not above anybody. The other thing is let's ask each other questions and let's gain clarification of what we think we're seeing and go from there. Let's stop with the directives, stop with the lagging indicators and quit looking for mistakes and let's set people up for success. Mm, I love that because uh, this uh, this view of people who are above someone else, the look from the, from the top on them is like, it's bad. It's uh, discouraging to employees. It does it not is. support their work. It doesn't, they will feel inside them that uh, I will not get what I deserve when I get things done. Right. So, yeah, it's, it should be like all on the same uh, platform, same level. There is no like above uh, and beyond and down. This is like uh, not, not here anymore. So, right. Miley, where can people get in touch with you? Definitely on my website, mileyeski.com. I also have a YouTube channel that's called Ask More Questions. And a Facebook group called Ask More Questions because mm, I think that mm. that's where we are. We've got yeah. to be communicating more effectively than we have been. Mm, awesome. Well, thank you, Miley, for being here today with me on the Success a Great podcast. Thank you, Hussein. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.